This episode of Tour Denver is brought to you in collaboration with Sunrise Robot. Be sure to visit sunriserobot.net and discover other great podcasts about the arts, technology, and culture. Tour Denver is a storytelling event created by Amber Blaze, Derek Mund, and me, Michael Edwards. Hi, I'm Amber Blaze. Tour events take place live at venues around Denver, Colorado. Each night, a theme is chosen and three curated storytellers share their tales. All of these stories are told without any written notes, with each storyteller living in the moment with the audience. See the full schedule of upcoming Tour events and listen to other episodes at RackandTourDenver.com. This very first Tour Denver event took place at the Denver Bicycle Cafe on January 12th. The topic of the night was firsts. During each Tour Denver event, the audience can sign up and tell their own short stories before the final curated storyteller closes out the night. Our first impromptu raconteur, Haley, tells about her first experiences with an eating disorder. Treatment for any sort of addiction or disease is rough. Without even experiencing such a thing, any semi-intelligent human being can probably gather the known facts and make the assumption that In layman's terms, it would suck. Until the age of 19, I was one such human. Eating disorders are an often unbreached topic in society. People either understand it too well, don't understand it at all, or simply aren't aware that such a thing exists. My first time in treatment was shocking, scary, and humiliating. I have never felt more like a child in a human adult's body. We were watched 24-7. I couldn't go pee without supervision. I couldn't go outside without a pass. And I was fed six times a day without consent. Should I refuse to eat, a tube would be inserted into my nose and I would be fed calories via liquid sustenance. To say the least, it was pretty humiliating. Eating disorders all are different and there are many different types, but the one that I dealt with was anorexia nervosa. Each eating disorder has a set of like rituals or rules that you have to follow that must be engaged in at any cost. Usually anorexia involves restricting calories, not eating, heart failure, and ultimately for many people, death. I actually have known six people that have died from an eating disorder. And in case you didn't know, they are the most they have the highest mortality rate of any mental illness. But it's just about being skinny, right? People would constantly tell me, why don't you just eat a cheeseburger? What, you just want to be skinny? And the irony is, the thing that took everything from me, my personality, my soul, and my body, it never had anything to do with being skinny. It's a mental illness. My own personal hell involved restricting calories and only eating enough so that I could make it through the day, exercising excessively, and drinking until I passed out. I entered treatment for the first time in Oklahoma at the age of 19 after I tried to take my own life. And while this experience did not heal me and I would still frequent other clinics, it did allow me to accept the fact that I had an eating disorder for the first time. Our next impromptu raconteur, Rochelle, shares the tale of her first broken bone. This is a fairly innocent first 
Uh, this is my first broken bone that happened at the ripe old age of six and a half. Um, so it was a very special day, daddy-daughter date at six and a half. Special because that means my mom didn't want to go out of the house in the winter. So my dad took me sledding to the local sledding hill, and I spent the day perfecting the run where the badass 13-year-olds built a bump in the hill. And so it was the last run, and my dad was like, last one, we have to go. I nailed it. I went down, I flew up over the bump and landed right on my left shoulder. And so I spent about 20 minutes hovering at the bottom. I remember whimpering, but maybe crying. It happened. Um, but after about 20, 20 minutes, a responsible parent was like, I think she's really hurt. You should probably go check on her. So shamed into good parenting, my dad raced down the hill, threw me over his shoulder, and brought me back home where he was immediately turned around and sent to the hospital because my mom actually knew what was happening. Um, and we spent a good many hours in the hospital because when you break a bone at six, they ask you, are you being abused? What's happening? And so after about two hours of explaining, no, I was just trying to perfect the world of a 13-year-old at six, um, they released me with my very first broken bone. Our final impromptu raconteur, Pete, tells about his first Christmas with in-laws. Thank you, folks. I did no preparation for this, so please keep that in mind. My first this evening is a first Christmas with the in-laws. And so my partner's dad lives in the desert. He's got a beautiful piece of land. It's the last private parcel on the Colorado River before the Utah border. It sits about 500 feet over the river, and there's great the canyons behind it. But he's got great land, but he doesn't have a house. He's got a garage instead, and it's a big garage, about the size of this right here. And there's a perfectly operational outhouse behind the house. And so we get there, we spend the night, and uh, the next morning, we're getting ready to go. And Chris's dad says to me, he's like, you know, just in case, you know, you gotta go. There's a super deluxe shitter on the way to where we're headed. And, you know, I, I hadn't really given much thought to the phrase super deluxe shitter before. <laughs> but what he had in mind was a BLM vault toilet and anything where the seat on my bare ass is 15 degrees is not super deluxe. And so anyway, you know, we had a great time and then we came back, we're shooting guns. I haven't shot guns since I was a kid at summer camp. And can everyone hear me back there, by the way? We're good? All right. So I haven't shot guns in a long time. He gives me a 22 to start out, a 22 is a smaller gun and he has like a little gun, um, like a target that we put kind of out there a little ways, and I'm shooting it, and I'm kind of figuring it out. It's fun. It's a good time. And then he brings me a 12-gauge shotgun, and he's like, this thing will take the door off your fucking car. <laughs> and so I shoot the 12-gauge, and it, you know, like, goes into my shoulder and gives me a bruise right here, and it, that whole target just disappears. There's no target left. It was, it was pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. I wanted to shoot it. I wanted to shoot it a lot more. And so this was Christmas Day. And I should point out also that 
you know, being a gay person, going to a place like this to meet your in-laws for the first time, there might be just a little bit of trepidation. You know, all the guns and the outhouses, you know, that kind of thing. But Chris's dad really took the time to be like, you know, I don't give a fuck what you are, but you're good to my son and I love you for that. And so, I mean, we really can't ask for more, right? I mean, we can't. And so we have Christmas dinner, and you know, and, and, and so his stepmom, Bonnie, who is just the sweetest soul and a fantastic cook, she's preparing dinner, and I'm kind of figuring out how they operate on this, this piece of land. I think you know, they have some budgetary concerns, and so, and so David, Chris's dad, would hide the bush light and the cigarettes from Bonnie. And so whenever I wanted a beer, I had to be very creative. Like, is it in the drainage ditch over here? You know, is it tucked behind the garage? And then every once in a while, I'm one of those people, when I have a few drinks, I like to have a cigarette too. And, uh, and the cigarettes were, it was harder. He'd hide cigarettes in shoes, but you had to know what shoes they were in. And so dinner, we're getting ready, like dinner's almost ready. And then Bonnie's son comes with not his girlfriend, but with his baby mama. And they're not together anymore. And, you know, they come in. I, I met Don, Bonnie's son before, maybe down here. He's a really nice guy. His kids are really cool. I hadn't met Tammy before. And so Tammy comes in, and, you know, she was like a bigger girl. Like, she had to kind of get, like, sideways, get through the door a little bit. And it was, it was Christmas Eve. It was a special occasion. And, um, and so she brought a 10-pack of tacos from Taco Bell. And she had a big gulp of 7-Up with a bunch of booze in it. So we're in there and, and, you know, and Tammy's talking to us about, she, she had some kind of internet business. I didn't quite understand it, but she made it very clear that she made a lot of money and that she really was a big shot. And, and you know how people kind of do that and they just kept going over and over and kind of drilling that point home. So I needed a break from all of this. So I step outside the garage. At this point, it's dark. The stars are shining. It's a beautiful desert night. And then Chris's dad, David, needed a break too. So he comes out and he's talking to me. He's right next to me, telling me, you know, telling me a story, telling me another story. And then I hear like an unzipping and he whips it out and just takes a leak right next to me. <laughs> it, it was great. It was you know, a yeah, really interesting moment. So we get back in inside and we're getting ready for dinner and Bonnie pulls a casserole dish out of the oven and places it on the buffet table and it wasn't Pyrex or it was Pyrex whichever one you're not supposed to put in the oven that's the one that it was <laughs> and it explodes and it sounds like a gunshot and David says duck and he and Bonnie jump down and I'm like what the fuck am I getting myself into <laughs> as if they were expecting gunfire. <laughs> and so anyway, we um, finished a delicious dinner. We were able to, to kind of salvage part of that casserole, pick the glass out, and uh, they were very kind. It was a very nice evening. And as a postscript, we found out later, Tammy went to jail for internet fraud. So that's how she made all her money. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Raconteur Denver. Visit raconteurdenver.com where you can find upcoming events, speaker bios, and more episodes. This podcast was recorded and edited by Michael Edwards of Sunrise Robot. Visit sunriserobot.net and discover other great podcasts about the arts, technology, and culture.